On today's episode, we have a spotlight on a class perfect for a Mandalorian build, the Scout. Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, episode 33. Tegan, how you doing today? Doing pretty well. Uh, we got some nice weather in Michigan. I'm looking forward to getting outside and kind of turning off the news for a bit. Yeah, definitely. It's been a crazy week for sure, so nice to think about something else for a change. So uh, today, on today's episode, we have a spotlight on the Scout class. Uh, so looking forward to that. It's definitely a, a core class to you know traditional 5e, uh, being the uh, Ranger version uh, here in Star Wars 5e. So looking forward to that. And kind of as we've gone on this theme of the Mandalorian this month, uh, Scout uh, is is a perfect class uh, to kind of start with if you want to go for a Mandalorian. So we'll touch on that a little bit as well. Um, but a couple announcements on our end. First, uh, shout out to Luke, a new Patreon that we uh, gained recently. So thank you so much for that. And of course, to all of our other Patreons and uh, followers and supporters out there for all of our content. We appreciate it very much. Make sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com for links to all of that content and to find out where we're doing our things. Uh, I think uh, other than that, uh, that's mostly everything on our end. Uh, Tegan, there is a new uh, archetype. Uh, what uh, I, I didn't pay attention to what class that was for, but the way of technology counselor? So for the counselor class. Uh, yeah. So this is going to be a fun one if you want to just be able to do a little bit of everything when it comes to casting. Uh, so it's a counselor class. Uh, basically allows you at level 6 to get access to some tech powers. Uh, at level 3, it does give you a cool boost, though. Uh, you're able to uh, get proficiency with simple blasters, uh, as well as uh, some other kind of technological implements, too. Uh, this is really... A for casters, for especially full casters like the uh, the counselor, uh, it's always nice to be able to get access to another spell list, uh, so or power list, I should say. So this is kind of a good way to do that. Uh, it also is going to give you uh, proficiency in the technology skill too. Uh, and if you cast a force power that calls for a melee weapon attack, uh, you're actually able to do it with a blaster attack too. Uh, so if you're a counselor that uses uh, what's that called the uh, uh, the lightning charge, uh, you'd be able to use that with a, a bl blaster using a ranged attack, too. Uh, so it gives you a little more versatility, especially if you're a counselor. A lot of times you want to hang back due to having a little less HP, uh, so that you have that option. Uh, the other cool thing, too, is it allows you with uh, the fundamentals of uh, Mechaduru. Uh, it lets you use mind tricks or other uh, kind of powers that would typically exclude droids on droids. Uh, so you get a number of casts per, I think, your uh, Wisdom or Charisma modifier, uh, and that refreshes on a long rest. But anytime if you wanted to mind trick a droid or, or course mind or any of those powers that specifically exclude droid, you get to expend one use of that uh, ability and it'll let them uh, be affected as well. Very cool. Sounds like an interesting uh, addition here. Definitely, you know, we, I know all the most of the classes have one of these... Uh... 
you know, options for doing force or tech casting. So uh, nice to see the, the consular there uh, get its addition. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, two more of our uh, DM spotlights um, to highlight here. Always uh, glad to check these out. A uh, couple another great ones here, I think. Uh, so first up from me, uh, I have uh, Jedi Infinite is their uh, submitted username. And um, they have been playing approximately nine years uh, from their first games of tabletops, both playing and DMing uh, from 3.5, 5e, Star Wars 5e, and uh, they've uh, worked with some custom superhero D20 modern systems. So lots of different uh, experience there. Very cool. Their campaign name is Star Wars The Old Republic Verse 1, Adjudicator's Sunset. Uh, so they are set in the Cold War after the Treaty of Coruscant. A rogue Sith Lord defects from the Empire and holds an ex-Republic Zabrak. Uh, Zabrak world hostage with a super weapon. Uh, so they wish to form an empire there and uh, have caused tensions about the uh, about galactic war ensuing again if other Zabrak worlds still in the Republic band together and engage her. Uh, the players are a mix of a Sith, Republic Jedi, and um, unfortunate people stuck on the planet engaged in finding a way to sabotage the weapon from planet side for their own safety freedom. So very cool uh, concept there. Definitely uh, could see a lot of tie-in, uh, you know, as the players, if you're one of these that are, you know, as they said, unfortunate side of uh, things. Uh, they have been running uh, 15, about 15 four-hour sessions, and then they had three seven-hour sessions with another group. So looks like they have two different groups that they're wanting th this for. So that's cool. Uh, party size. Either I cut off the text or they didn't finish typing it out. But uh, group one has six level threes. Um, and with that other session being a little less, uh, I'd imagine they'd be a little lower than that. But very cool. Cool to see that a DM's kind of running, you know, the same concept with both uh, two different parties. And I'd, I'd bet you'd definitely get some different results there. Thank you for that. Uh, Tegan, throw it over to you for the next one. Yeah, so the next one is by Yarl. Uh, he's been DMing for 20 years, so a ton of uh, experience in there. Uh, his campaign name, uh, kind of cool, Saberfunk. Uh, so he says he's got a kind of a cyberpunk uh, shadow rum theme going through. Uh, the players are low-level enforcers and operatives uh, working for a crime syndicate on uh, Narshadar. Uh, so got a cool one there. Uh, it's uh, right after the Skywalker trilogy. Uh, so I think that's kind of post uh, post the 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 sequels uh and then uh fighting to liberate a planet from hot control and they're facing some uh, outside factions and opposition of the newly formed galactic government uh so they've been playing for about 12 sessions so some good time in there uh and they've got six players at uh fifth level so it's kind of cool we don't really see too many of the ones set in the uh kind of the sequel verse or past the sequel verse so it's kind of an interesting one to see yeah, definitely. Uh, Tegan, I know you would know this uh, much better than I. The Does Legends go... So I forget the timeline. Like, There's definitely Legends content that would go through or beyond the sequels, right? Definitely. So for Legends, they went probably around the, for the books about the same time because they went about 40 years after Return of the Jedi. Uh -huh. Uh, and then they had a comic series that was like a hundred and some odd years after Return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, 
definitely the comic both of actually both the books and the comic series i recommend but the comic series is a quicker one to pick up legacy of the forest it's really cool nice very nice yeah so anyway not to go off on a tangent here but uh you know like you said it's it's interesting to see that people doing you know this kind of other era the sequels and then whatever else there's obviously the legends uh content out there as well so Either way, very cool. Thank you to both of you guys for your submissions there. Uh, we love this part of the show. So um, if, if you out there have not submitted info on your campaign, please do so. We'd love to highlight that. With that, uh, we can jump into today's uh, core episode here. As I mentioned earlier, the uh, spotlight on the scout class. Uh, this is uh, traditionally going to be your ranged uh, attack fighter, um, you know, Basically, this is the the Star Wars 5e version of the Ranger from traditional 5e. And, uh, you know, of course, with lots of other great tweaks to help align it with the system. Um, and, uh, you know, as Tegan, I'm sure as, as we go through this, uh, you know, kind of touch on a little bit here and there, uh, just kind of keep with that Mandalorian theme that we've been carrying. But, uh, you know, let's start from the top, uh, of course, and let's go through the core features of the Scout class and what are the big things that stand out. Definitely. And so one of the the first features you get, and it's one of the cornerstones of the class, uh, you get Ranger's Quarry, which is a great ability. Uh, and one, if you haven't looked at it recently, check it out. They made some changes to it about a month ago when the big PHB update came through uh, that made it even better. Uh, so the nice thing with this is it scales with your proficiency. Uh, so you start off with a D4 die, and then as it keeps going up on different levels, you go up to a D6, all the way up to a D12. So get some pretty good damage out of it. Uh, but the nice thing with this one is you're able to mark a target you can see with 120 feet. Uh, and the cool thing is it doesn't use any type of action resource. So it doesn't cost your action, bonus action, even a reaction. You can just do it completely for free, uh, which is kind of nice with the action economy. Uh, so you can mark a target. There's no save. You just automatically mark them. Uh, anytime that you hit that or once per turn when you hit that target, you're able to add an extra uh, Ranger's Quarry die to the damage roll. Uh, so it gives you some good damage and that's one of the nice things with scouts they're probably uh, I've never done one of the kind of just a pure mathematical look at them but I feel like they're one of the most damage dealing classes uh, I think every table I've run with Star Wars 5e's had one of them and they're usually at the top or near the top uh, for kind of consistent damage output and Ranger's Quarry is one of the big pieces for that uh, one of the nice things too though especially if you're playing a Mandalorian or playing a bounty hunter uh, with Ranger's Quarry if you mark that target you have advantage on both perception and survival roles to track or find that target. Uh, so kind of a good one, too, if you've got a prey or you know you're going to be tracking somebody later, you can mark them. They have no idea you did so. Uh, and you can kind of follow them uh, for initially an hour, and it goes and scale up uh, as you gain levels within the class. Other big thing you get, level one, uh, so this is kind of similar to the ranger's ability. It's uh, the Pathfinder. Uh, so this will basically a uh, couple big things with this, uh, depending on how the table is set up. Uh, one of the nice ones is you can never become a lost by unenhanced means. So uh, a good one, too, if you're going to be kind of stranded tr somewhere or uh, moving through some area where maybe some tricky terrain. Uh, nice thing, too, is difficult terrain doesn't slow your group uh, as long as they can see and hear you. Uh, you also have... Uh, advantage while traveling and looking for foraging and navigating or tracking you're able to remain alert while doing all those things uh you're also able to one of the last big pieces with it is if you make a survival check 
uh, you're able to add your intelligence modifier to it as well. Uh, so I know sometimes with scouts, it can be a little bit hard because you have to balance your dexterity, uh, intelligence, uh, and some of the other skills as well. So this way, if you still want to make sure that your guy's going to be really good at hunting things but don't want to put too much into wisdom, uh, you'll get a little bit of compensation with it too. Uh, other big things for level one, so base proficiencies uh, you get with the class. Uh, scouts are nice, too. You get a 1d10 for their hit dice, so you're going to usually have some pretty decent HP uh, from that, as long as you're, if you roll well, or if you do like me or take the average, you should be pretty well set with that. Uh, you also get all blasters, all vibro weapons, so proficiency in kind of all the major weapons that aren't light weapons. Uh, so you've got some good versatility and can really pick and choose what fits your uh, scout the best. Uh, and you also get proficiency with light and medium armor. Uh, depending on your build, a lot of times dexterity is going to be your core stat with this class. Light armor can usually be the way to go, uh, but medium can also offer some good opportunities there too. Uh, and then for saving throws, you get strength and dexterity. Uh, so dex can be one of your core stats. We're kind of pumping that. It's usually the, one of the best ways to go. Very nice. Yeah, definitely some good uh, initial uh, core features there of the scout. Uh, just to, you know, which I'm sure we'll touch on later uh, for the multi-classing aspect. If you want to, you want to dip in there for a little bit, some uh, good things to consider for picking up. So, what else we got here? Definitely. So, uh, level two is when you get one of the big pieces for the scout. Uh, so, scouts are half cat half caster class uh so they get tech casting as well uh so this is going to be a big piece i'm going to go through a little later for some cool tech powers to pick uh but this is a really good way to help flavor your character as a mandalorian uh if you pick up things like flame sweep or uh just different ones that kind of fit that mandalorian theme uh it could really help build those out by just kind of role player or flavoring uh the different tech powers as little bits on the armor or different things you can add in uh so definitely one of my favorite aspects there uh so nice thing too with this is with being a tech caster class as it refreshes on a short rest uh so you don't get a ton of points to start with but luckily uh you're going to be a short rest player you get everything pretty much you need back there uh so you can kind of go nova on a lot of different fights where typically you'd have to hold back a bit uh the other big thing you get a level two is fighting style uh so this one there's a ton of new fighting styles, and this really depends on how you want to play the character. Um, most of the scouts I've played with, and actually I play a scout myself in a play-by-post game, uh, a lot of them favor sharpshooter fighting style for it. Uh, a lot of times you're going to have a sniper rifle or something like that. Uh, this way you're going to be able to... Uh, uh, avoid cover uh, for one quarter and half cover against targets that are 30 feet or out. Uh, it also lets you make an additional attack against a target if you use your bonus action to mark them. Uh, and if they move, uh, you're able to use your reaction and bonus action to uh, make an attack of opportunity against them. Uh, so a great one too, especially if you want to get even kind of stack that damage up a little bit more uh, to choose there. But there's a ton that work well, just depending on what you want to go for. Uh, I've seen customer, uh, customers, players use Onslaught uh, just to be able to get a little bit more mobility. Um, even dual wielding, uh, if they want to kind of go two blasters. Uh, there's a ton you can pick, so just really kind of go through there and just flavor it how it will best fit your character. The other big piece, so that's a level two where you get there. Uh, level three, you're actually able to pick uh, your actual archetype, and we're going to go into the archetypes later. Uh, you get some really cool stuff uh, depending on which classes you go with with that. Uh, also at level three, you get the 
scout routine. So this is another one that's new. Uh, you're able to go through and you pick one at third level and you can pick another uh, at uh, ninth level as well. Uh, but basically what these will do is you're able to pick something that's going to enhance uh, a piece of what your scout does. Uh, like one of the ones I usually go with uh, is if you wanted to make sure your scout always is going to be near or close to the top of the initiative, uh, you can pick the responder routine. Uh, another cool piece with this too is uh, you have two different options when you pick a routine. You can pick it so it just enhances your own player's ability, or if you wanted to, uh, you can pick something that will enhance uh, the other side. You can pick something that enhance the group's ability. Uh, so, like with responder routine, uh, if you wanted to make sure your guys are always at the top of the order, you can add your proficiency bonus to the initiative roll, uh, and if you uh, go before another creature you're attacking, you'd have advantage on that attack roll against that creature if they haven't acted. Um, if you want to make sure your group's doing better, uh, you can choose to allow another creature within five feet of you, including yourself, to add half of your proficiency bonus to initiative rolls and then have advantage against a creature that hasn't acted yet. Uh, so this could be a good one too, especially uh, if you've got somebody that's got good decks next to you. Uh, roll that up, uh, give them that advantage, or give them a piece of your proficiency bonus, and then if you guys can both attack something that's a little slower than you, uh, make sure it hits and hopefully get some good damage off of it. Yeah, very nice. Definitely some good options there and with those routines and a good way to just help not only yourself, but uh, but the party. Definitely. And there's a ton of other ones there. We won't go through all of them, um, but check them out. Just kind of really look through and see how you want to really build out your scout. There's really some cool features you can do to enhance just either your attacks or uh, just how you operate uh, both in uh, combat as well as outside of combat. The other big thing, so that's uh, level three, it kind of slows down with some of the features now. Um, scout does get the extra attack feature too, so uh, that's a good feature for you there. You're going to be able to make multiple attacks, and with the scouts, uh, you can really put some good damage on it. Uh, level six, you get access to the expertise. So it's, this is pretty cool too. I always like getting expertise for a class. Uh, so this is going to really let you bump up some of your core skills. Uh, a lot of my scouts I see wind up going with stealth or uh, perception or survival, even if they really want to make sure they can hunt anything down. Uh, and this just really gives you a little bit bigger of a bonus to that to really make sure you don't get a, kind of a bad luck through the dices. Also at level 14 with expertise, you get to pick another two additional proficiencies as well. So if you go all the way up to 14, you're going to have some great skills you'll be an uh, expert at. Uh, moving from there, you go at level 10, you get the commando skill, uh, which is going to allow you to take dash or hide as a bonus action on each of your turns. Uh, so that's going to be a cool one there. So if you want to get some extra mobility, or especially if you're playing a stealthy uh, scout, uh, you be able to hide and just really be able to get out of notice a little bit better. Uh, also with this one too, if you attempt to hide on your turn, you can opt not to move. Uh, if you avoid moving... Uh, for a creature that tries to detect you or find you, they actually take a minus 10 penalty to their perception check. Uh, and you lose that if you move or fall prone or anything happens like that. Uh, but this could be a great way to, if you just really want to duck out and hide, uh, to really make sure you're staying hidden. Moving from there at level 14, you get combat tech. 
So with this class being a tech caster class, uh, this is going to be a good one too. So if you ever use a power that's going to take up your action uh, with combat tech, you can actually make a weapon attack as a bonus action. So if you wanted to fireball somebody and then uh, hit them with a sniper rifle, uh, you'd be able to do that with combat tech. One of the last skills is Supreme Awareness. This is a cool one. Uh, you get it at level 18. Uh, if your DM ever throws up some invisible or camouflaged creatures with you, uh, you actually don't suffer disadvantage on uh, attacks to creatures you can't see. So if it's invisible or you're blinded or anything like that, uh, you're still able to fight on without having to worry about it. Uh, so this could be kind of a cool one flavor-wise to you, especially if you're playing the Mandalorian, you've got the helm. Uh, you can kind of flavor it as your sensors or whatever it is, or even just uh, you're so attuned to the battlefield, you can uh, just still kind of keep track of it even without being able to use your eyes. Uh, and you're also aware of uh, the location of any invisible creatures within 30 feet of you. Uh, so it just gives you some good opportunities there, especially if somebody's camouflage or uses the powers to stay out of view from you. Uh, and then you get the last piece is the capstone ability, the foe slayer. Uh, so this is going to allow you to either bump your strength or dexterity by two, uh, as well as your intelligence by two, uh, allowing you to increase those packs, the 20 capstone to also, uh, once per each of your turns, you can add either your your intelligence modifier to either your attack roll or damage roll for an attack you make. Uh, and you can choose to use the feature before or after the roll, but before any of the effects of the roll are applied. So you can really, at level 20, get some crazy damage between your ranger's quarry die being a d12, uh, adding your intelligence modifier, which by now you're probably close to, if not maxed out to it, uh, and then whatever weapon die or tech powers you're using at the same time. Yeah, that's uh, that's massive there at the end there. So, you know, for those rare campaigns that get up that high, definitely some excellent uh, upper end features. So very cool. Uh, lots of good stuff overall for the core features for the scout, uh, you know, the expertise you touched on and, and whatever else they have. Uh, but, uh, you know, archetypes is obviously a big part of uh, fleshing out a, a class and, and uh, you know, what they come out looking like. So what kind of uh, switch over to those now, Tegan. Uh, we've got a long list of those here. There's, you know, I think Scout is one of them that has uh, a lot of them fleshed out. So, um, you know, let's run through these real quick and kind of give the the basic bullet point of what each one offers if you're going to go down that uh, route. Definitely. I think they probably have the most uh, archetypes. At least I think they do. I have to count there and count. But if they're not the most, they're up there for it. Um, this. Uh, so we'll start off with the bolt bulwark technique uh this is a cool one uh it's going to give you proficiency in heavy armor so this would be a good one too especially if you wanted to make a frontline scout versus using uh blasters you can go all in on strength get that heavy armor uh and not have to worry about missing out on uh ec uh you also get the personal barrier which is a cool one which could give you some extra uh kind of damage resistance and some cool features that go along with that uh and also in each of the different techniques for the scout will uh change or give you an extra feature you can use with your ranger's quarry uh, and this one allows you to uh, if you've got a target mark with the ranger's quarry you can use a reaction to force the attack to target you instead uh, and nice thing too with this one if you have barrier points still left uh, you can actually add a ranger's quarry die onto the damage they uh, even if they hit you the damage that they take from uh, hitting your barrier so cool one there uh, especially if you just really want to make a real tanky scout 
Uh, one of my favorites, uh, the Hunter Technique. Uh, this is another good one if you just really want to rack up the damage. Uh, with this one, you get uh, the Hunter's Prey. Uh, different abilities you can kind of pick uh, for your scout. Uh, so there's uh, the Colossus Slayer, which lets you add a D8. Giant Killer, uh, which lets you... Uh, for a large creature within five feet of you, misses you with an attack. You can use your reaction to make an attack against it. Or Horde Breaker, which I've seen one of my players use pretty pretty expertly, uh, will let you uh, make an, if you make an attack uh, against a creature, and there's another creature within five feet of the original target, you can make an extra attack, no react or no action required, so just a free attack uh, against it. So pretty nice one there. Uh, this one just really allows you some good features uh, throughout the, the the progression of the archetype to either stack damage or even boost your AC and just do some crazy stuff with it. Next big one, uh, the Slayer Technique. This one is another one that gives you heavy armor. Uh, this is kind of a big one. Where This is going to be a good one for a frontline character. Uh, level 3, you get uh, advantage on saving throws from being frightened. Uh, you're also, if you mark somebody with your ranger's quarry with this one, uh, you'll be able to learn uh, any immunities, resistance, or vulnerabilities that creature has. Uh, and also, first time you hit that target with the ranger's quarry, uh, it's going to take damage, extra damage, equal to your ranger's quarry attack. So you get to kind of double it up with the ranger's quarry one, too. Uh, so some cool features on that side. Next big one, Stalker Technique. This is going to be good if you really want to make a stealthy scout and just really go all in on the stealth aspect. Um, with this one, uh, you get the Accomplished Ambusher feature. So if you uh, take an attack action against a creature that's surprised, you can make an additional attack against that uh, as part of that action. So no extra uh, features required. Uh, also, you get the Mark of the Stalker, uh, which... If you're hidden, uh, the first attack roll each round you make against a creature doesn't automatically reveal your presence to the creature that you rangers quarry. Uh, and also, uh, you're able to, like, with that, make a dexterity st uh, check contested by that target's perception check. Uh, and if you succeed, you're main hidden. Uh, so pretty cool one there. It really gives you some good options for staying out of view. Very nice. Uh, good uh, initial four there, Tegan. Those are the four that are listed in the PHB. Uh, for anyone that was curious, um, you know, the next, uh, so there's seven more. I did the count uh, while you're going through those. So the uh, 11 total for this uh, this class with the archetypes. Uh, so lots of great options. Um, so let's keep it going. We got uh, seven more we can go over quick. Uh, and so these would be considered, uh, you know, expanded content that I think are going to find their way into a, uh, specific book here or there, but um, I think uh, next up is the artillerist. Yeah, so this one's uh, so this is uh, they got the build a bear pet class for the scout feature. Uh, so this one at level three, you're able to build your own turret. Uh, so this is kind of cool. You get your own little turret uh, pet that can uh, kind of shoot and do some other cool stuff to you as well. Uh, nice thing too with this one is you can. Uh, if your turret, uh, for your ranger's quarry ability with this one, if your turret does damage to the target of your ranger's quarry, uh, you can roll your ranger's quarry die and add it to the damage roll too. Uh, so it kind of expands it out to the pet as well. My favorite's the next one, Deadeye. Uh, so this is a cool one. This one's one of the ones I feel like just feels like a kind of a good one for a Mandalorian too. Uh, you get, with this, you get two big things at the start. 
Uh, the first one is you get maneuvers. Uh, so similar to uh, the tactical uh, specialist for the fighter class, you get some cool maneuvers that you can pull out uh, just to really help uh, control the battlefield or just do even just do some extra damage uh, with that ability. And the rangers uh, with this, they follow kind of a similar progression to the ranger's quarry die. Uh, so it starts off at a D4 at level 3, but by level 20, it'll build its way up to a D12. Uh, nice thing, too, is you can add both of them to the damage. So if you have maneuvers left, you can submit a maneuver, add your ranger's quarry, then your weapon die. Uh, I see a lot of scouts go for crit fishing with that because they just have a ton of things they can add to a crit uh, if they hit. Um, nice thing with this one, too, especially if you wanted to play a sniper, uh, you get the Mark of the Deadeye feature for your ranger's quarry ability. Uh, so the length of your ranger's range of your ranger's quarry doubles, so you can do it from 240 feet away. So pretty far, especially for pretty much any battlefield. Nice thing with it too is if you the target uh, that you've ranger's quarry, your weapon distance doubles as well. Uh, so if you're using uh, a typical blaster rifle, if you ranger's quarry at somebody versus having 100, 400, uh, you would have 200, 800 for uh, the range of that ability. Uh, so pair that with a sniper rifle and pair that with sharpshooter to the feet. Uh, you can pretty much hit anybody from any distance. Yeah. Make it fun for your DM to try to figure out how to set up a map <laughs> for that. Uh, after that, uh, you've got the illusionist one, which is one I hadn't really looked at. This is actually a pretty cool one. Uh, you get a holographic decoy, uh, that you are able to spawn, uh, in the area, uh, with that, uh, people would have to kind of make checks to see if they realize it is a hologram. Cool thing with this one is with uh, your ranger's quarry, uh, the target will have a disadvantage on all checks to determine if it is an illusion. But my favorite thing with this one is if you're able to uh, reduce the target of the ranger's quarry to zero HP, you can use reaction to immediately cause your active illusion uh, to take the form of that creature that just died. Uh, so that's kind of a cool one, especially if you really want to kind of throw some chaos into the battlefield and just really uh, kind of keep everybody guessing. Um, be, that's a fun one. I'll probably uh, next one shot or something I play and maybe play around with that one. It seems like a really cool one to be able to play with. Next one is the Inquisitor technique. Uh, so this is a good one too if you wanted to kind of like the uh, the one we talked earlier about the Counselor Techcaster one. If you wanted to have a scout that has tech casting and some force abilities, uh, definitely a good one to go with. I know a lot of people will take this one and uh, get Saber Reflect uh, just so they're able to reflect some damage coming at them. A um, lot you can do with this one as well. Next one is the Mastermind technique. So this is a good one too, especially if you wanted a multi-class like. Um, if you're not playing a scout all the way, but if you wanted a multi-class as a scholar or engineer uh, and get some of the scouts' features, uh, this is going to allow you to, uh, if you're wearing, so first thing you get is if you're wearing light or medium armor, you can use your intelligence modifier instead of dexterity when determining your AC. So it helps make you a little bit more single stat dependent. Um, also for your ranger's quarry, uh, you can use intelligence instead of dexterity for the target you've uh, marked with it for both your attack and damage rolls uh, with a finesse weapon or blaster uh, against that target. Uh, so cool one there, especially if you really just want to kind of hone in on just one stat. Uh, nice thing too for this, especially if you had an engineer that took the three levels in scout, um, once per round when you hit a target with ranger's quarry with a tech attack or it fails at saving throw, uh, you're able to add your ranger's quarry die to the target. Uh, so 
good one there, especially if you wanted to get a multi-class or just be a little bit more of a tech caster focused scout. Uh, this would be probably one of the archetypes to check out. One of the last ones is the Predator Technique. Uh, this is going to give you heavy armor proficiency, so another good one on that side. Um, one of the cool ones with this one uh, is you're able to, when you take the attack action on your turn, you can use your bonus action to direct one of your companions to strike. Uh, so when they do so, they have to burn their reaction, but they can immediately uh, take an attack against another creature. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you can use that a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier. Uh, so this is when you want to make more of a commander scout, just really kind of controlling the battlefield and uh, getting their allies in the game. This would be a good build to go with for it. Uh, also with uh, the Mark of the Predator, uh, if you're the target of your ranger's quarry feature can see you, uh, a number of friendly creatures you choose up to your intelligence modifier have dexterity or have a advantage on dexterity stealth checks to hide from that creature of the ranger's quarry one. Uh, so this is kind of more of a situational one, but if you're trying to sneak past somebody and your scout's going to be in the diversion, uh, this can be a good way to help make that a little easier for the party to sneak past. Uh, and the last big one uh, is one of the newer classes, the teleportation technique. Uh, so this is a class if you really wanted to kind of mix portal with your character, uh, you're able to make portals, uh, people are able to transfer through them, uh, and just really uh, some cool features and allow you to zip around the battlefield and get some fun options on that. Nice thing, too, is you get Mark of the Teleporter for your Ranger's Quarry. Uh, so on your turn, when you deal damage to the target of your Ranger's Quarry, uh, either you or your weapon or the source of your damage have passed through the portal on this turn. Uh, when you roll below half the maximum on a damage die, you can treat the roll as if you'd rolled half the maximum. So like if you rolled a d12 and you rolled a 3, you can treat it as if you rolled a 6. Uh, so just really cool one to add some extra damage to it. Uh, and you can do that... Uh, up to uh, your half your intelligence modifier for it as well. Very nice. Uh, that uh, closes us out there, I think. Definitely. The scout has a ton of archetypes, but there's just a, one of the things I like with it. Just a lot of them allow you to play in completely different ways and just really give us some cool flexibility to the class. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely sounds like it, uh, you know, from the overview and whatnot. So a little, little bit of something for everyone out there for sure. So, so those are, you know, we've covered the core features, we've covered our archetypes and whatnot. Uh, now let's kind of, let's get into, you know, building this character a little bit more and, uh, you know, some options, uh, what are going to be some feats and backgrounds and things to look at. And then after that, we'll go into the multi-classing. But uh, yeah, first, let's talk about that customization options. Tegan, what's, uh, what are some good choices for your background and feats and anything else? Definitely. So, uh, especially if you're building a Mandalorian, uh, going for that Mandalorian background would be a good one for you. Uh, it's going to give you some cool features with that, too, and also open up a lot of the um, additional background feats that will generally apply to any scout or uh, especially a Mandalorian scout that you're building. Um, background features are pretty easy. Anything that really is going to bump your decks or intelligence is going to be a good choice. Uh, two that I usually recommend for the scout, uh, Stealthy is a great option for them. A lot of times scouts are going to be the ones, since they've got decent dexterity, uh, they're going to be using their stealth to great effect, even if you, uh, for pretty much any, any of the archetypes too. Uh, so that's a good one I I'd almost always recommend checking out. Uh, another good one, if you just really want to go and just pile the damage on, 
Weapon Expert is a great one. Uh, allows you to re once per turn, where you can re-roll one of your weapons damage die. Uh, so I've had a scout use this in one of my campaigns to just really make sure they're getting that best damage each turn. Uh, so definitely one I recommend checking out for it. Uh, outside of the background feats, uh, other feats that are good for the scout. Um, one of the best ones, Sharpshooter. Uh, that's just a good one, especially if you're using a sniper rifle. Uh, and if you definitely if you pair it with the uh, the Deadeye ability, uh, you can just really, you can hit pretty much anywhere. Because uh, uh, I think with Sharpshooter, this kind of removes the disadvantage for uh, long-range shots. Uh, and the nice thing with uh, the mark of the, the Deadeye, you get double your long-range shot distance. Uh, so you can make some crazy shots with that, uh, as well as uh, get some extra damage in there, too. Uh, especially with the dead eye feature, if you mix those two, you get uh, there's a targeted one or a precision attack, I think it's called, uh, that lets you roll one of your maneuver dies to add some extra to the uh, the hit, attack hit roll. Uh, so just some crazy ones to make some cool shots, especially from a distance. Um, outside of that, there's a number of good feats that fit. Uh, the big thing is really just kind of scouts can play pretty differently depending on what you really want to go for. Uh, so take a look at what fits your scout and different things you really want to be able, them to be able to do uh, and just build around that. Um, another big one I see a lot of people go for is the uh, moderately armored one too. Um, that's going to give you another dexterity boost uh, and it also uh, gives you a little bit of uh, more if you wanted to use medium armor. gives you a little extra bonus to that medium armor AC. Very nice. Yeah, definitely uh, some excellent options there uh, to to choose from as you are building out your, cl your class, your character, uh, to just really get what you want out of it. So... Uh, of course, uh, you know, we always touch on multi-classing here. That's definitely an element of uh, character building that uh, many of us like to get into and, and really just kind of push the limits of what we can create. And um, you know, I think Scout's a good one that uh, you can either dip into or there's other ones that you can uh, pick up that work well with the Scout if you're, that's your base class. Um, so uh, tell us, Tegan, uh, what you got here, thoughts for, for multi-classing with the Scout. Uh, so Scout, another good one for it is uh, Fighter. Fighter adds a lot of cool things for Scout. Uh, generally, I'd recommend two or maybe three levels if you really want one of their archetypes for Fighter. Uh, but Fighter's going to get you Action Surge, another Fighting Style, uh, Second Wind, so you get some bonus action healing without having to worry about tech points. Uh, so Fighter's just a great one on there, uh, especially Scout with Action Surge. Like You can just really get some ungodly damage with that. So if you're going for a DPS blend, take that scope out a good fighting scout that complements your build two levels of that and you've got a pretty good character build uh otherwise operatives another good one that's a good fit for the scout uh sneak attack uh will be great especially if you're playing a stealthy scout uh gives some extra damage on top of your ranger's quarry and other damage that you can do each turn um other things you get too are cunning action and bad feeling. Uh, so cunning action is kind of a little hard because you get some of those features at level 10 for Scout too. Uh, but this way you get them earlier uh, and you also get that hide feature as well. Uh, but just gives you some more flexibility there. It also gives you expertise uh, as well. So if you wanted to really max out your stealth uh, or max out another skill. That one level of operative will give you sneak attack as well as expertise or two levels and you get that bad feature and cunning action. Uh, another good one too, this is kind of a good synergy with Scout, especially if you're playing a long range one. If you go three levels into operative, I recommend checking out the Sharpshooter operative class. 
Uh, and that's a cool one because if you shoot a target that's over 30 feet away, you automatically get to add your sneak attack die to the target. Uh, so basically at level 3, you'd have 2d6 as, as long as you're 30 feet away that you can apply at least once per turn. Uh, it's a good one there, especially if you're just going for some good DPS and it gives you some good flexible options as well. Uh, other big ones, Engineer can be a good one too, if you, especially if you wanted to go for some more tech points uh, or the archetype bonuses. So this would be one you have to go three levels in. Uh, but if you wanted to, especially if you're playing a Mandalorian and you wanted to have some cool armor to go along with that, taking three levels of uh, Engineer going with the armor mech, you can really build out some really cool kind of Mandalorian features just kind of right into it without having to rely on tech powers or just kind of additional items that the DM may give you. So fun mix there. Uh, and then the last one uh, is one I just kind of stumbled across today. Scholar actually goes really well with Scout. Uh, it gives you some uh, maneuver abilities as well as critical analysis. Uh, and if you go far enough to get an archetype, it just really gives you some good battlefield control options and some uh, additional things your Scout can really bring to the table. Very nice. Uh, definitely some good options there. Uh, it's always nice to, you know, as we do this research kind of for our episodes and whatnot, coming across those things like you mentioned with the scholars. So I personally wouldn't uh, have thought of that. So good option there. Nice to call that out. Um, so uh, wrapping up here, uh, we're just about done with this spotlight here. We've covered all the basics. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier, Tegan, touching on some uh, tech casting powers that would be great for the, the scout class. Uh, the scout does have you know, ability for that. So what are some things that would be good uh, you know, in a general sense or whatever for the scout? Big one I would go with target lock. Uh, you can get that right at level two. Uh, so basically, if you target lock somebody then rangers quarry them you'd be able to add a d6 plus whatever your rangers quarry die is uh so this is just kind of another good option why one of the scouts are just kind of beasts when it comes to damage uh because you can really just stack up on some of those features um, another big one uh charge power cells uh so this will give you a uh, use your bonus action to make another attack uh so if you're doing a sniper rifle and just really want to make sure you get as many hits as you can uh, that's a good one and you can get that at level uh five for this class um, other big ones too, combustive shot. I highly recommend that one, uh, especially up until you, you get the extra attack feature, or even once again at level fourteen when you get the uh, tech combat. Uh, it just really does you do some more damage, set people on fire. Pretty cool one. Uh, infiltrates a big one too, especially if you're going to be a more stealthy uh, scout. Uh, let you go invisible for up to an hour. Uh, other big one, uh, engineer uh, energy shield, uh, where if you want to make sure you've got some extra protection as a reaction, good one to choose. Uh, and then once you do get level three powers, tactical advantage is great for the scout. Uh, gives you a little bit of an AC bump, uh, as well as letting you uh, get another attack in that round. Yeah, that's definitely a tactical advantage, a great one for sure. Um, but all all great options there. I know as uh, I've used combustive shot uh, with a. You know, not the scout class, but a different one, and uh, the engineer tech caster, and that's an excellent one to have on hand uh, as well. So, all good options there. Uh, anything else, Tegan, as we wrap up here that you touch on for the scout, uh, the the class in general, or anything like that that you uh, you'd still mention? 
different. So um, nothing too big. This one is just a pretty versatile class, so you could do a lot of different things with it. Uh, and this is just especially the easiest way to flavor towards Mandalorian. You've got a lot of cool tech powers and abilities uh, that you can just really kind of flavor in uh, if you're trying to build out the Mando. Uh, this would definitely be the kind of the base I would use for it. Uh, but they're, they're one of my favorites. Uh, I play them to play by a post game. There's just a lot you can do. Uh, and especially if you like seeing uh, rolling a lot of dice or just really getting some consistent damage, uh, this is a good one to go for. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so that's our, our recap on the uh, scout class for everyone out there. We hope uh, if, if you're new to this class um, or just kind of new to some of the additional changes or, or all these ever-expanding archetypes, uh, we hope this uh, gives you some insight into those things uh, and helps you out as you go to uh, pick one of these up for yourself. Uh, going forward for us, uh, our next episode, we're going to have a special guest, uh, Legobis, a.k.a. Rick. Uh, from the um, Rick Fisto from the uh, Star Wars 5e Discord, who has uh, done a lot with putting together uh, Fisto's Codex that many of you would probably be familiar with, uh, basically a monster manual uh, homebrew for now. And I know a lot of those uh, stat blocks, uh, once they kind of go through the approval process uh, of the Star Wars 5e team, you know, and then they can get pushed to an of official content. But uh, we're going to talk with him and, you know, his involvement with uh, tabletops and whatnot. And I'll touch on a little bit of uh, kind of monster creation in general as well. So that's on deck for uh, next week, next episode. And uh, I think uh, with that, that's uh, that wraps up for today. So uh, thank you again to everyone out there. Check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com. We'll see you next time. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.